0: Series here called Blessed. Thank you very much. If you're just joining us here today for the first time, I see a lot of nice new faces, shining faces. We're so happy that you're here with us. We are in the middle of a series talking about how to live a blessed life. And it's a series that answers a question that surely every single one of us asks, every single one of us thinks about, talks about, prays about, discusses, which is how can I live a more blessed life? Every single one of us has asked God at some point in time and probably. If you just look at the last several hours, you probably asked God several times on the way to church this morning. "Is please, God, bless my life. Bless my family. Bless my job. Bless my 401K. We ask for God's blessing all the time. And what we want to talk about here in this series is how to live that life of blessing. And the verse that we've been focused on, that we'll continue to focus on throughout the series, is Acts 20, 35, when Jesus himself said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So it's kind of a trick there. Alright, then I said we're gonna talk about how to be blessed by God, but the truth is, is that we are blessed not when we receive, we are blessed when we give, All right, and that's what Jesus taught us, that's how he lived his life, and that's how he taught us to live, and last week we looked at the story of a little boy with five loaves and two fish, and that little boy didn't have much, but what he had was really blessed by God, why? Because he gave it, and we agreed that God cannot bless what's in our pockets, God cannot bless what's behind our back. God will only bless what we offer up to Him. That's why one of the nice things that you read oftentimes in the book of Psalms, all right, and something that we in the Orthodox Church have kind of taken and and, and use it in our day to day prayer life, it often says, like, I lift my hands in prayer, all right, I lift my hands. And this image is a good image of the way we should pray, all right, this is a good image because we come to God offering everything that we have, all right, and whatever it is that we have, we don't come to God with closed fists. We don't come to God like this. We come to God like this. And everything that we have, we offer it. And then when we offer, he blesses. Little boy offered five loaves, two fish. It was blessed. Another little boy next to him, we talked about last week, didn't offer his sandwiches. And didn't offer, it. that's why he was never blessed. And we are applying this principle to every area of life, okay? The two areas I'm talking about specifically, all right, but really, like I said, it applies to every area. Talking about the two most valuable commodities in life are time And money. Those are the two that the rubber meets the road, so to speak. That's that that's where you can tell where you invest your time and where you invest your money that says what's important to you. So these are the two commodities that I'm talking about throughout here, and I kind of kind of go back and forth between them. Today I'll focus a little bit more on the money one, and then tomorrow next week I'll focus a little more on the time one, but really it's kind of interchangeable throughout. And just so that we're clear, all right, when I say I'm gonna talk about. At. No one likes to talk about money in church, right? <laughs> it's everyone's least favorite topic, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. Right on cue, okay? So, here's what I say to all the rest of you who have that same attitude when you say, oh, you're going to talk about money again. I am not trying to change anyone's actual, like, I'm not trying to guilt someone to write a check or to put money in the money box. What I said last week is if you hear everything that I'm saying and what you hear is that Father Anthony saying I need to put money in the money box, I'm telling you, come to me, Tell me how much you put in, and I'll write you a check for the same amount. We don't want your money, okay? We're not trying to talk about give more money. What we're trying to do is change mindset more than anything else. And I believe if the mindset is changed, then it'll change your actions. But don't let anyone finish what I'm saying here, okay, and say, I went to that church, and all I said is they want us to give money. We don't don't want that money. And I'm telling you that if you've been putting money in the money box and you're doing it grudgingly or that way, come talk to me. I'll get you a check. I'll get you a full refund for that amount. Minus shipping and handling fees. Okay, whatever. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is not change the money in the money box. I'm trying to change the mind inside your mind. Okay, trying to change your mindset in there. What I'm trying to get you to see is that maybe, just maybe, that the shortfall in blessing in your life is your fault, not God's fault. The bottleneck may not be on God's end, maybe on your end. That I'm not receiving enough from God. I'm not blessed enough by God. Maybe it's not that He isn't giving. Maybe it's that I'm not giving. That's the kind of mindset we're trying to talk about here. Here's our key thought for today. Our key thought for today, I'm going to say it. You're going to say it with me. We're going to break it down one piece at a time. Is that God has blessed me. Repeat after me. God has blessed me with more than I need. Therefore, I am rich. God has blessed me with more than I need. Therefore, I am rich. Now, God is using riches to test me to see if I am ready for more blessing. We're going to break this sentence down. And I know right off the bat, some of you said, they said we're rich. I ain't no one rich in this house. If he sees my budget, he knows I ain't rich. I ain't no one rich. Just go slow with me. And we're going to try to break this down. And we're going to see today is that God is going to give us a test today. And he's going to say, I have blessings. But you've got to pass the test first. And the test, we'll look at this verse throughout. Luke 16, verse 10 and 11. One of my favorite verses in life. A verse that I hold dear to my heart. Okay, And anyone who says that any time, Father Anthony, you did great things, you did great things. I never did anything great in my life. What I did, if there's anything good in me, is because of Luke 16, 10. He who is faithful in what is least, is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least, is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, in other words, worldly wealth, who will commit to your trust the true riches. Simple principle that applies, again, is, is this is logic, okay, is that if he who is faithful in what is least usually gets more. I go to my kids, I give them each $5, one of them flushes it down the toilet, the other one puts it in the bank and saves. If I get another $5, guess which one is going to receive those other $5? The one who is faithful with the first one. If I give you and you waste, you're unlikely to get more of it. At this moment in time, right now as we speak, God is testing us. God is testing you and God is testing me. Because God is bestowing upon us all kinds of blessings. And how we use those blessings will determine whether or not we get more. The sad thing to say is that most people, unfortunately, will not pass this test of riches most people who are rich will not pass the test. It's not my words, it's the Lord Jesus' words. In Matthew chapter 19, there was a man who came to him. Whoops, sorry. Oh, I didn't put the verse up there. Anyway, it's a verse in Matthew 19. A rich man came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I want a blessing. I want like the biggest blessing in the whole wide world. Tell me how I can be like eternal life and I can have like the greatest life and, and tell me I have the most blessing. And Jesus said, okay, well, you've been blessed a lot. I want you to let go of some of that blessing. And the man refused to let go of the blessing. The Bible says he went away sorrowful. And what Jesus said to his disciples after that little episode, he kind of broke it down and debriefed. And he said, how hard it is for rich to go to heaven. It is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. To enter the kingdom of God. Those are harsh words that Jesus said. Easier for a camel, like think about that. That you know, you know the expression "camels to go through the eye of a needle," like if you understand like the expression at the time, it's like an idiom, okay? Like an expression that people used at the time, like it's like equivalent of saying "when pigs fly." So Jesus is saying, "Yeah, rich people to go to the kingdom of God when pigs fly." This is in essence what Jesus is saying. <clears throat> Those are big words. We want to break down what Jesus means when he says this. So let's. Take that sentence, and let's break it down into two parts, okay? I said, I am something, and therefore, God is using that something to test me. So let's start with the first half. The first half is, God has blessed me with more than I need, therefore, I am rich. I am rich. Say it with me. I am rich. I am rich. How many times, if someone were to ask you, are you rich, how many people would raise their hand and say yes? None of us would. None of us would say I'm rich. And that's why, as I'm saying this, you're writing it down, saying, Yeah, that guy needs to know that he's rich. He's stop being so greedy. And you need to say, Well, one of these days I pray that this would come true. If I asked you, who in this room is rich? No one raised their hand. If I asked you, who in this room knows somebody else who's rich? Raise your hand if you know somebody else that's rich, that you would consider rich. Everybody. Okay? And most likely, which I won't do, but if I said, is that other person in this room somewhere, you could probably point to someone and say, yeah, that guy's rich. And I bet you what, if I go to that guy and ask him, are you rich? He'd say, no, no, I'm not rich, but you know, that guy's rich. And I go to that guy and he'd say, you know what? I ain't rich, but that guy over there, that's my dream one day is to make it to that guy. Because here's what I discovered about riches. There's no such thing as rich in an objective manner. Like, is there? Can you objectively say that this is the point of rich? Like there's rich and there's poor. We kind of know what poor means, okay? We've all kind of been to poor. (laughs) But what does it mean to say, I'm rich? I discovered that rich is a moving target. Rich is something that the closer you get to it, the further it goes. I remember my first, one of my first jobs when I was working at Super, my favorite job ever, other than the priesthood, my second favorite job ever. (laughs) Was when I was working at Superfresh. You all remember Superfresh? It was a grocery store down in Charlottesville, Virginia. That was my second year of school. And I got myself a job. And I had the best job. And you might not consider it the best job, but to me it was the best. I unloaded the trucks. Okay? The dairy trucks. Because we'd unload the trucks and I had—I still have my gloves and my box cutter. Okay? That's how much I loved it. Okay? I got my gloves and my box. we unload the stuff. And then when it was really crowded, I would bag groceries and help people carry This is my favorite job. Because I like just me and the stuff. You know what I mean? And I like, I don't know. I had a great time with this job, okay? It was all exactly what I wanted, except for one thing. Salary wasn't very good. I was making like 9.50 an hour, which I mean, I was fine. It got me through what I needed. I just needed some pocket money, some spending money. But I remember thinking to myself, man, the cashier, she's making $23,000 a year. Man, if I made 23 grand a year, man, I'd be rich. If I could just get that full-time salary, like 23 grand, man, I'd be rich. Eventually finished up school. Luckily, I was able to find a slightly better career. Okay, and I ended up getting a job offer for thirty-nine thousand dollars when I first graduated out of school. And I remember some of my other friends, okay, a little more gutsy than me. To me, thirty-nine thousand was like that's like almost double what my idea of rich was. Okay, so to me, thirty-nine, like that's the best thing in the whole wide world. But some of my other buddies said, "No, no, you should negotiate up." Especially back then, I was an IT guy, and that was like at the peak of the IT. Okay, like boom, it was like when they were just giving away jobs, like anyone get a job back then. So I had a couple offers. They said, you know, tell them you got another offer and try to get more, like try to get to 41. So I remember I called lady and I was like, you know, and I said all the stuff you said, you know what I mean? And I think and all this kind of stuff in 39. And she's like, well, you know, we've really thought through our offer pretty well. And we feel that it's, and before she finished, i like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Just don't take it away. That's fine. That's fine. I was like, it's my idiot roommate. Like, it was his fault. It's fine. Just don't take away 39 because 39 to me was like, I'm going to be richy rich. I'm going to be swimming in piles of money when I make $39,000. That's who I'm going to be. And then what happened? I got to 39. You know what happened to rich? They moved. Because when I was making 39, all of a sudden, I saw people who were making a lot more than 39. And I said, you know what? When I get to that guy's position, man, that level, they make like 50 grand. I said, you know what? One day I'm going to get to 50 grand. And when I get to 50 grand, then I'll be rich. And you know what happens? The closer and closer you get to Rich, the further and further that it moves, because Rich is a moving target. Eventually, I got close to 50, but I didn't quite get there. Okay, and then what really changed my perspective before I got there is I met a nice young lady. And then all of a sudden, Rich jumped whoosh, way over there. Because <laughs> now I ain't saving up for big gulps and slurpees no more. I need to go to real places, okay, like restaurants, okay, and, you know, buy rings and do stuff like that, okay. Rich always moves, okay. We won't even talk about when we had kids. If I asked you a question, where's rich? Where's rich for you? Like, draw a line. This equals rich. They did a survey. Gallup Poll did a survey on the street, and they asked people, how much do you need to be rich? And they realized that the answer was determined by the person's income. So, on average, people who made less than $30,000 a year, people whose income was under $30,000 a year, the average salary that they gave to be rich was $74,000. They said, if I make $74,000, I'll be rich. Everything will be taken care of. There's a lot of people in this room that make $74,000, and I bet you don't consider yourself rich. People who made more than fifty thousand dollars. You think those people were content with seventy-four? People who made more than fifty thousand dollars said, "I'm sorry." Who made between uh, thirty and fifty said a hundred thousand dollars. That's the mark. Like if I can get to hundred, then I'll be rich. Well, they kept on going with the study, and they did a study of the top income earners in this country. How much do? The top income earners in this country say you need to be rich. $100,000? $5 million. Quote from the article. It turns out, the whole point of the article was that a million dollars isn't what it used to be. Okay? Huh? That's income. That's a year. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I'm not the one answering the questions, Okay? <laughs> I'm closer to the top bucket than the bottom one. All right. The people, the whole point of this article was they were saying that a millionaire isn't what it used to be. Like when we were growing up, to be a millionaire, to be a millionaire. But the whole point of the article was that to be a millionaire now is nothing. Like people are millionaires, but they want to be more than a millionaire. This is what it says. It turns out that $1 million just doesn't cut it anymore. In fact, rich today requires at least five million dollars, according to a new survey of affluent households defined as those with assets of $500,000 or more. When asked how much money it takes to be rich, 45% chose five million, 25% chose 25 million, 8% picked 100 million, only 22% said that one million dollars is enough to be rich. Only 22% said that one million dollars is enough to be rich. Oh, to have those problems. Let's take that same question, and let's ask different people. Let's go to Africa. Let's go to the slums. Let's go ask them, what does it take to be rich? You know what they'd say? They'd say, I hear that some people in this world are so rich, so rich, that they go to church every Sunday in a car. And some people are so rich, they actually own the car that they get to go to church in. They don't walk to church, they get in a car, and they own the car. They're so rich. Go to streets, go where Mother Teresa went, streets of Calcutta, and say, What's rich? They say, you know what? I hear there's some people who have in their house rooms and rooms of food, pantry, rooms of food, boxes of food. So much food that they throw stuff away. So rich. Forget about Calcutta, forget about Africa. Go streets, go some of the areas of D.C. right here and ask people, what does it mean to be rich? So you know, there's some people that are so rich that they have an entire room of clothes and they look in it and say, I don't have anything to wear. Objectively speaking, you're rich. Less than 4% of the world's population owns a card. If you own a card, you're rich. Not subjectively, not say, I don't feel rich. I don't care how you feel. Objectively speaking, you're rich. If you make more than $39,000 per year, you're in the top 6% of the world's population. $39,000, you're in the top 6%. If you make more than $48,000, you're in the top 1% of the world's population. Don't tell me you don't feel rich. You're rich. I'm going to show you how rich you are. I'll give you an example. I'll show you. Right here in my hand, I got $3 bills. Nobody rushed the stage, right? Nobody stampeded the stage, right? Do you know that in the world, over 3 billion people. Make less than that in one day. We'll work all day today, and I make less than that. That's half the world's population. Half the world, if I threw that up on the stage, I'd have to get security. In this room, no one cares. I mean, I... (laughs) 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 Just in case someone gets some bright ideas, okay? Feisty crowd here today. (laughs) You see $3, you don't even think twice about it. Half this world's population will work all day A lot harder than you and I work. I won't even make $3. You are rich. No, I am rich. Say it with me. I am rich. I am rich. God has blessed me with more than I need, therefore I am rich. You don't need to be ashamed of the gift of God. Like somehow financial is the only area where God blesses us and we don't want to admit it. God blessed you financially. No, 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 he didn't. Uh, I don't have any. Why? Why you say that? Uh, Someone comes to me and says, hey, God bless you, you have a great wife. Uh, No, 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 she's not that great. Uh, (laughs) Got her on sale. No, no, no. Why? Why we deny the blessing of God in this area? We don't need to, like we want to avoid the extremes. Uh, We don't want to be arrogant about it, but we also don't want to feel ashamed of it. The gift that God gives us, we thank God for the gift that he gives because we know that the only gift without increase is the one without thanksgiving. That's what the church fathers have always taught us. The only gift without increase is the one without thanksgiving. King Solomon said this in Proverbs 10. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Meaning, if God makes us rich, we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be sad about it. We just need to make sure... That we do the proper thing with it. And that gets us to our second part of our statement. That God is using riches to test me. God is using riches to test me. The issue isn't whether or not God has blessed us with riches. We already agreed he has. The issue is what are you going to do with it? Every test you can pass, you can fail. Before we talk about how to pass the test, let's talk about how to fail the test. Luke chapter 12, verse 16, Jesus gave this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up, for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This guy was a farmer. He goes outside and he realizes that he's got so much harvest and so much blessing from God. And he says, what am I going to do with all this blessing? I'm going to live the American dream. I'm going to build the dream house. I'm going to get me the big TV. I'm going to get me a new car, put it in the savings. I'm going to live the dream life. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to kick my feet up and I'm going to live the good life. How to fail the test of riches is to believe that more is always for me. To believe that more is always for me. That when God gives me more, it's just for me. I'll give you an example and I'm going to go straight and cut straight, forgive me. Today, my guess is everyone in this room, just like me in my household, I make this, I spend this. And usually the difference between the two isn't that much. I make, I spend, okay? Hopefully, I spend a little bit less. Sometimes, some months, we spend a little bit more, but hopefully, over the long term, you spend less. Let's say that they're about the same. Let's say today, you make X, you spend X. All of a sudden, your income goes up. What's your first thought? Buy more. Wonder what I can buy with that. Oh, that's great. Got that bonus. Now I'm going to buy. Oh, that's great. Uh, my tax bracket, whatever, just changed. And all of a sudden I got this income, this tax return. Oh, that's great. I'm going to buy. I'm going to spend. And 99.99999% of the time, it's what I can get for myself. Jesus says this to this, contains the story. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy the blessing of God, I'm not saying that we shouldn't buy stuff look, you need something, you buy, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, to the extreme of being crazy. Like, we all give our money, and we just walk around in black robe all day. Like, who would want to do something like that? Okay? I'm not saying it like that. But what I am saying is, is that when God gives more, what's your mindset? Is your mindset, oh, that's great, because I need a new card. Oh, that's great, because I need a new clothes. Oh, that's great, because I need a new phone that's the the, the size of my house. (laughs) Or is your mindset that God has given me this more, now what can i do with that this is what you do with that first timothy 6 verse 17 command those who are rich in this present age who's rich in this present age i am command those who are rich we're not talking about bill gates and warren buffett here there's not a verse that applies to them it's a verse that applies to you and me and again if you don't you don't remember why go to calcutta go to africa go to the homeless people on the street okay and they'll remind you why this verse applies to you Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us all, gives us richly all things to enjoy. He blesses us richly. But let them, what should they do with this rich blessing? Let them do good. Let them be rich in good works. Let them be ready to give. Let them be willing to share. Let them be storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. that They may lay hold on eternal life. Saying you want blessing? You want blessing? then take the blessing that God has given you and be faithful with the least and he will make you ruler over much and store up for, the pre- for not for this world but for the world to come. Share, do good works, be rich in good deeds. That's why if believing that more is always for me is the way to fail, then the way to pass the test is believe that we receive more in order to give more. That's how you pass the test and you be faithful in the little that God has given is you believe that when God gives more, so that we can in turn give more so that he can then bless more. You see how the cycle works? God gives a little, I give back. I'm faithful in the least. Because I'm faithful in the least, God blesses me more. Because he blesses me more, I seek how I can be more of a blessing with the more that he gave me. Now again, pause this whole story. I'm not saying give and God will make you rich. Okay, that whole prosperity gospel business, I'm not talking about that. We agreed many times last week, and I even said it today in the church, that financial blessing is the cheapest of all of God's blessing. So I'm not saying give, and then God will make you, and he'll like give $100 here, and then God will give your tax return $200. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying give $100, and you're going to have $100 less that you can buy coffee, go out to dinner, buy new shoes. But you will have a blessing of God in your life. I'm saying don't buy that phone. I'm not saying God is going to drop a phone down from the sky for you. What I'm saying is, God is going to drop peace down into your home. Point is, God is not against us having riches. Back to the story of the farmer man, okay? Who made the farmer rich? Who made him rich? God. Don't be foolish and think that the man made himself rich. Because if there's any business in the world where you need God, it's farming. Like, you can be, like, smart, okay, but if God don't make it rain, it done not rain. And if God don't make it sun, there ain't no sun. There's no business in the whole wide world that you need the blessing of God more than farming. And for you and for me, we would be foolish to think that's what it said, command them not to be haughty, to think that I made my own riches. Oh, really? You made your own riches? Because you know if God wanted, he could have made your brain a vegetable. And you know if God wanted, he could have not stopped that bus that drove by when you crossed the street without looking. Because if if you if you think that it's all about you and you did it by yourself, you don't think that God made you rich? God is the one who made the man rich. God is not against riches. God is not against us being like God wants to bless us. I don't think God is saying to this man, You're a fool because you were rich. I think he's saying, and honestly, I think sometimes he says it to us, you're a fool because you missed the point of me making you rich. You're a fool because you missed the point of me making you rich. Sometimes I feel like God is telling us, y'all missed the point. That I gave and I gave and I gave. And I was, as a father, gives the bucket of french fries to the son. Say, this is for you guys. And then the son consumes it all himself. And I look at my son and I say, you missed the point. You missed the point. I gave you in order to share. I didn't give you more for yourself while your sister starves. I gave you more so that you could share more and give more. And then I would give you more. When you consume everything that God gives you for yourself, you are failing the test. And you are proving how to not be blessed in life. When you do the opposite, when you show God that the more you receive, the more you give. Then you are passing the test, and you should expect more blessings to be bestowed on your life. Not because of my words, because of the words that Jesus said himself. Now the question, practically, like let's get practical now. How to do that practically? Like, like come on. Like, let, let, like, let's be honest. There's no greedy people in this room. We're not greedy. We're, trying to, we're just trying to make ends meet. Like we got a budget, and we're struggling from paycheck to paycheck. Okay, and like I said, we can apply this to time as well. Like, I want to give more of my time. I don't want to just, you know, anytime I get time, just use it for myself. Like, I want to be a blessing, but let's be honest. Life is busy. I got commitments. Like, I barely commit to coming to church on Sunday. What more do you want from me? I'm going to say something that's very simple, and it's a concept that we learned back in economics way back in the day. All right, and it's a financial principle that if you understand this in your spiritual life, if you understand this in all of life, it can really change the way that you think and you see so many aspects of life. This create margin and ask God how to use it. Create margin, y'all know what margin means. Create margin again; it's a financial word, all right. And ask God how to use it. Simple but powerful. Proverbs twenty-one, verse twenty, tells us what does it mean to create margin. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fools gulp theirs down. You know what margin means? Margin means the difference between what my limit is and what my load is. Okay, between your load and your limit. What you're carrying and what you can carry. Okay, like financially, if I make $100 and I spend 90 my my, my, my margin is 10 yeah, that's how much I have, like, buffer zone. You want me to tell you something? What makes you rich is not how much money you have. What makes you rich is how much margin you have. The one who has a lot and spends a lot doesn't feel rich. He actually feels poor because he has nothing. He has, he looks, he sees something that he wants, he can't. He's poor. Effectively, the millionaire who makes a million and spends a million is poor. Because when he sees something that he wants, he can't do anything about it. When he sees someone that he wants to give to, he can't. He's poor. The rich one is the one who makes ten thousand and spends nine thousand. He's the one who's rich, because he has thousand dollars to spend. See how this works? Do you understand the concept? The rich is not the one who has, the rich is the one who has the margin. And the difference between what you have and what you spend, that's where the true riches is. You feel poor. And I feel poor because we spend everything that we have. We have nothing left over. We need to change that by creating, being intentional about creating margin. For example, like let's just give you a straight example. Let's say someone comes to you today, and you feel this person is sent by God, and this person needs money. And you feel like God is saying, like, I want you to help this person, and you look in your pocket. You look at your credit card statement, you look in your bank account and you say, you know what, I can't help this person. I got no margin. I got no breathing room. Well you know what else you have, no? You have no blessing. You know what else you have, no? You have no blessing, because you missed out. That's why we need to be intentional about creating margin. We need to be intentional about creating space. And like I said, with my time and my money, Let's talk about time because I've focused a lot on money so far. Let's say with your time, my time is so packed, all right, I feel like there's two extremes that we have today. Some people are overcommitted, and some people commit to nothing because they don't want to lock themselves in into anything. Both are actually the same problem, that they just want to keep all their time for themselves. What I'm saying is we need to be balanced and we need to have time for this, time for this, and then we need margin time, margin time. You know what margin time is? Margin time is that when I'm walking in and I see someone that says, hey, you know what? I need to talk. I don't have time for you because I'm going from this to this to this to this to this. No, no margin equals no blessing because this person needed to talk. And God sent this person. Like, you know who had margin was always Jesus. And anywhere Jesus went, say Jesus walked down the road and someone come stop him. He sat down with the person. He talked to them. He healed their sickness. He talked about their their, their sick son. Like, he was okay. He had margin. I feel like we don't have margin and that's where the blessing of life comes in the margin same thing financially god sends someone to you and you say i wish i could help but if there's no margin we need to be intentional about creating margin in our lives how do you create this space okay there's two ways again this is straight economics here if i spend make this and spend this there's two ways to create margin. One is to increase what I make. All right? We all know how to do that. Not really always in our control. You know what the other option is? It's a foreign concept. Never heard of this. It's called spend less. You ever heard of that one? Don't know how spend less works. I'm not talking about buying stuff on sale. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here. I'm gonna spell it out. Here's how you spend less. You spend less. Spend less. <laughs> Don't buy it, whatever it is. How do I create margin? Don't buy it. How do I have more? Don't spend it. It's it's a a novel concept, and one that's foreign to us in our society, where as soon as we get, we spend. As soon as we get, we spend. Well, imagine if you were to say, you know what? I'm going to not spend. I'm going to create some margin, and then I'm going to ask God. I'm going to say, hey, God, here, this belongs to you. I'm not talking about tithing. I'm not talking about tithing. Okay, tithing, okay, it's always, like, when it comes to the giving, we always give intentionally and regularly, and then we want to be generous on top. Okay, so I'm not talking about tithing. Tithing is a different subject. I'm talking about, I'm tithing, but I'm going to create more buffer, God. And then I'm going to ask you, say, God, what do you want me to do with this? You don't think God will speak to you? Anyone who says, God, I want to hear your voice, do what I just said, you hear God's voice, promise you. God will send you exactly what he wants. I know someone who did this with their time, like this. They said, in a year, there's 52 weeks, plus that's 52 weekends. This is a single person he could do this, okay? So he said, I'm going to tithe five of them, 10%. Okay, 52, I'm going to give five weekends. And he blocked off this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, this weekend. God, you tell me what you want me to do on these weekends. I guarantee you God spoke loudly and clearly to that person. These weekends belong to you, God. You tell me what you want me to do. bottom line is God is giving us a test and every day we're tested every day that we're given time God is testing us in how we use that time every day that we're given riches God is testing us in how we use those riches Luke 16 the verse I showed you at the beginning he was faithful in what is least is faithful also in much he was unjust in what is least is unjust also in much therefore if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches. It isn't bad to be blessed by God. It isn't bad to be blessed by God. It's a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. And we should thank God for all that he's given to us. But what we need to keep in mind at all times is that today, God is testing me. And he's seeing with everything that he gives me. He wants, I have this picture in my mind of me down here and God appeared with like a bucket of blessing, and he wants to just pour it out. But he's waiting to see, are they going to be faithful to what I gave them? I gave them financial. They flush it down the toilet, or they see that the more I give them, that the more they give, okay, let me dump more blessing on them. I give them more time. They see that. Is that time for themselves? They get a free weekend. And that, that is, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to do this. Or is that, see, how? that I want them to spend that time. God has a bucket of blessing that he wants to pour in all of our lives. This is what he said. It's not what I said. say. But we have to be faithful in the little that God gives us. And as we are faithful in little, he gives us more and more and more and more and more. And you're going to look up one day and you look back on your life. You're going to see, where did all this blessing come from? And you're going to see that the blessing came from a bunch of little faithful decisions and unrighteous and little, small little things that just added up over time. Very rarely, Okay. Maybe one of these days, like God pours out a big bunch of blessing at the same time. But very, very rare. What he usually does is he puts a little bit, and then with more faithful, he puts a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And then the sum total of that might be a big, but that's not how God gives in big ways. He gives in little ways. The question I'm going to leave you with to think about today is do you want to be blessed? Actually, no, I know the answer to that. The question is, are you ready to be blessed? That's the question I want you to ponder today. Let's stand for a prayer, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you poured on our lives. And we know, Lord, that even though we don't usually see it this way, that there's no one in this world who can say that they've been given more than we have. Materially, spiritually, relationally, Lord, We ask that you would open our eyes to see all the blessings that you pour upon our lives and that you'd you'd help us to give those things back to you, Lord. We don't want to be greedy like this rich man and be poor in in the things that matter and rich in the things that don't matter. Give us, Lord, to think with this mindset, to be changed in our minds, be renewed in our minds, and we would see only the things that you give to us as a means that we can give back to you. Bless each and every single person here, Lord, and, and... and show us how you want us to to, to give back to you in, in whatever things that you've given to us. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Hear us, Lord, as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Have a great week. Next week we're going to talk about the blessings that God has given to us spiritually. Okay, And the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. So hopefully I'll see you all next week.